This album is dedicated to all brothers and sisters. My men and my women. And yo, it's time. Put our hands together for Hip hop, hip hop. Cause who I'm talking about, y'all, is hip hop. The stories of hip hop, of rap music, are the stories of a million MCs who, inside of them, the words are coming, the words they need to make sense of the world around them. The words are witty and blunt, abstract and linear, sober and fucked up. And when we decode that torrent of words, by which I mean really listen to them with our minds and our hearts open, we can understand their world better, and ours too. It's the same world. This is Rhymes and Reasons. They call me Kamiko Allegra. I have many other names. I got a lot of nicknames, but KLA is one. And the newest addition to that is Tito. I'm born and raised in Chicago. The first song is This Is Dedicated by 8Ball on his Lost CD. I chose it because, well, there's there's a few reasons. Like one, musically, is because it's dance worthy. I love Eight Ball. I love Eight Ball MJG. I love Swap House Productions. But it's also like the Dirty South and South rappers always like associated with these like hardcore thug misogynistic. And he's bigging up his mom in such a cool dance worthy stepping way. I'm all about house music, so whenever I find hip-hop and house or funk or some way there, you can dance to it. It's what the ladies love. This is, and it has like a positive aspect. And then there's one, like I'll always remember this and whenever I feel bad or whatever, you know, it's one lyric where it's like, before hip-hop turned in cosmic slot, way before cocaine boiled into a crack rock. You just think about that and I've, I've learned a lot of history about like the history of crack in the hood. So. I mean, it lets me know that 8-Ball was on something. Like, he reads, he thinks, he's so I associated with that. Way back before you and long before me, long before CDs and big screen TVs, before Run DMC, before the BGs, before Star Wars and movies turned 3D, before hip-hop turned into cosmic slop, way before cocaine boiled into a crack rock, long before the first victim of a gun got shot, before any superstar ever reached the top, Everybody has had or now has someone that they can call mama. I say everybody has had or now has someone that they can call mama. I that. I'm from the wild, wild, but not really. So, you know, the mild, mild hunters. <laughs> and my mom's a teacher, my dad's a cop. We lived on 104th and Vernon. The neighborhood is called Rosemore. And I lived right off 10 Trey. When I was 12, my parents thought the neighborhood was getting bad. And my sister and I were going to like private schools and they wanted a better life. So they moved us out to the suburbs when the suburbs were not the way they are now. My older uncle, he was like folks. So I got into listening to like Grandmaster Flash and The Message. And when my cousins were in Dalton, they were considered the bad Cousins, they put me on the eight ball MJG. Eight ball will come out hard with the gangster lean. Go smile for the women that be jocking the green. I'm a pimpster, not a trick on a stroll. You got to pimp that thing and keep a trick on hold. Stay on top of the world. 
in your hand. Take control of a woman and fear no man. It be hard for me to see a day without cash. If you got it and I don't, I'll blast your ass with the quickness because the pimp don't play. I gotta work on my game and think of ways to get paid. Born in the mound, down deep in the south. With the brothers, with the curls, that go teeth in their mouth. In the Chevrolet and Pilots with the Craigers and Vogue. Folk deep with the yak, smoking fat Mac and dough. Fall up in the club with the pimps, the tone. Got a tech in my pants, you step to me in the zone. Got a family in Memphis, got a gang in Texas. G-Money in the Jag and JB in the Lexus. Flex this, feel tight mind in the studio, or... I'm coming out. This is where I smoked my first cigarette. This is where I drank my first drink, being underage and doing things I wasn't supposed to do. So I didn't really come into Avon and MJT until my cousins. I was more into house music. So I had other cousins. I used to go with my mom to drop my cousins off at Mendel parties. And this was when house music was house music. Just coming on the scene and Mendel was a high school where two DJs, Frankie Knuckles and Jamie Principal, would be spinning. And like everybody knew about that. And I was just a little kid like, I wanna go, I wanna see what that life is all about. And it didn't really happen until like late 80s, early 90s. House had gotten really deep at that point, or they called it deep house. They threw parties that were like real house basement parties after Frankie Knuckles and Jamie Principal. Then there was a DJ named Ron Hardy. And around the time that he was like at his peak and uh, he, you know, rest in peace, he died of AIDS. Right before he passed away, he was throwing parties in the South Loop. So I was able to go to those. Around that same time, hip hop in Chicago was kind of like coming together, like people had crews, and but it was more of a north side thing, and I was South Suburban, I knew house. So I'll never forget, one day I was at a house party with this group, this misfit crew called Modern Problems, and everything was centered around music, but the lifestyle was anarchy, and reading about conspiracy theories, and understanding science, and stuff like that. So one day, I'm sitting at this house party, I'm wearing combat boots and some skirt and hair all crazy and living a kind of like what I thought was like a punker, uh, rocker lifestyle. Some kid hands me like a flyer, a huge flyer, and it was graphed up. And it changed my life. <laughs> I can't believe what I'm saying, it, but it changed my life. Wow, and at the time, the MP crew was just like, oh yeah, hip hop, that's that hard leg music, we don't want that. We just want to dance. It's all about dancing, how you feel when you're dancing. But that flyer with the B-Boys on it, there was mad hip hop where some kid was wearing a hat and you could barely see his eyes and he might've had like locks coming out of him and his pants were like super baggy and everything was kind of bubbly. It was like that. And I just, I fell in love with that whole image. It was like, whoa, this is dope. I'm taking the back, come follow me. Journey 
black flicking off that The devil lurks and my heart hurts for the hell Look into the eyes of a who fell I hit my head on the concrete to beat the feet Everything was like really East Coast So my introduction was mad East Coast rap I had participated in cyphers and stuff like that But fast forward I had done that, been there Love Wu-Tang, love Tribe, love Daylight, And Outkast came on the scene And at the time I was married to a guy who lived out in the south suburbs and him and I started really connecting and we connected through music really you know he also knew my cousins so I'm hanging out with them and him and not only did he put me on to like good reggae and other other good music but part of that song part of that album had a lot to do with the time that him and I spent together Kind of like vibing, smoking, riding, and thinking about like life. And I remember us having conversations like, man, 8-Ball isn't this gangster thug dude that people would want to say like this genre of rap is misogynistic and hateful and 8-Ball refers to himself as a poet. And he really is. So happy, you feel me with joy, thinking about what you did for your baby boy, catching the bus in the snow on your way to work. Sometimes I'd walk with you to make sure you didn't get hurt. Old dudes flirt, but none really turned your head. If they was broken, walking, conversation turned dead. Breaking your back for them white folks every day. Making sure you and I had somewhere to stay. I remember when my great-grandmama was living. See now, I had to get a lot of your attention. You was young then, but you still made time. She was going blind and losing her mind. And wasn't nobody there but you to help her up. When she fell out of bed, always reaching for stuff. You're an angel put on earth to watch over me. Thanks for watching over me. And this is that. So my parents are also born and raised Chicago. My dad is from Inglewood. My mom is from Morgan Park. They lived in the neighborhoods after there was white flight and all of that happened. And so a lot of the trends of urban culture come out of jails, come out of the jail cultures. My dad being a cop. Well, actually, he was a CO at Cook County. And so he saw that culture in the neighborhood that we lived in and was like, nope, we're out of here. And found out he could have a house built in South Holland. And at the time, I was 12. I'm turning into a block kid. He saw my life going in a direction that he thought was not going to be positive for me. Because <laughs> I made it known that I was boy crazy. So he just wanted to protect me from that and plus I had a little sister as a matter of fact growing up they would always tell her like don't be like your sister because I was the misfit I was always the one to kind of rebel against whatever authority that was out there so we moved to South Holland We were the first blacks to integrate the block. The block that we lived on was a corner block right next to a cornfield. Where the house was being built was where like a lot of teenagers were hanging out. 
and they would spray paint the streets and it was the first time I'd ever seen like a swastika. So I was just like, whoa, what am I walking into? I mean, there was a small adjustment period. I transferred in the middle of my seventh grade year, but there's this cat named Mickey. Mickey put me on the Beastie Boys License to Ill, which was really cool, you know? So, I mean, the kids were fine. I, I love that experience about being in South Holland. Bon Jovi, Def Leppard. I love metal, I love rock, so. In eighth grade, I had a counselor, and I don't remember his name, but we had like a one-on-one -on -one to talk about high school tracks, where I'm supposed to go, what I'm supposed to do. And we were having this conversation. And in the middle of the conversation, which at, I don't remember what it was, and I don't remember how engaged he was or I was when the conversation was taking place, until this boy named Tommy walked in. And Tommy just kind of barged in and was just like, hey, I need to talk to you. And apparently he had a relationship with this counselor that was open door policy friendly, where mine was a little bit more formal. And Tommy's like, yeah, you know, I just had a fight with Darnell or Tyra, whatever his name was, had an L at the end of it. So, you know, he was a black kid. <laughs> he was like, I, I just had a fight with them and it was crazy and blah, blah, blah. And I think the counselor was like, so, you know, how you feel about that? And he was like, no, nah, I'm just fine. They sent me here, you know. Other than that, I just have some nigger blood on my jeans. He pointed to his jeans. And the, I looked at him. I looked at the counselor. And the counselor kind of laughed. I was like, ha, ha, ha. He thought it was funny. It was like jokey. And I, at that point, I, I felt utterly powerless and invisible. And I was like, well, what the fuck? And from there, that's when I think that's when I was like rebelling against authority and really not giving a shit. I would not I would not change my experience for the world because I think that the Midwest has a lot of those ideologies and mindsets and I see it changing to me it's like oh wow this is not the way that Chicago was and it's changing because people are like this is some bullshit mm -hmm. I think that's one of the reasons why I do the work I do and then plus like I come from a mixed race heritage and you know even though like black people in Midwest will be like well who is it you know what I mean but like Again, my mother, both of her parents were biracial. Mm. So she's like a super mixed person. So it's really interesting in the Midwest to see how like people will just label you based on what they think you look like or who they think you are. My mom was an English teacher and a librarian. So even when I lived on the South Side in the mild hundreds, people were like, oh, you talk white. Oh, you talk so proper. It's just my parents. <laughs> I was always into something, weed and women, 14 years 
old, hustling the street living, giving all my time trying to be a key figure in the cut, getting blowed with them yam selling niggas. You always knew I had my hands in some stickiness, but I respected you by keeping you out of my business. But all things done in the dark come to light, and God will never ever let me forget the night. Tears roll down your cheek and your voice tremble, telling me the police just left here looking for you. I know you don't want me to be a thug, always asking about my friends here and we sell drugs. Rapping wasn't paying a cent then, but you understood. Putting up with all my mess and doing what you could. Not to have a nervous breakdown worrying, but for all your worrying, this is dedicated. I love that song. Like it's uh, well, I mean, you know, to, <laughs> if I had kids, you know, I'd I'd want them to. I want my kids to play that for me on Mother's Day <laughs> because it's like the hip hop version of a Mother's Day song, gangster style. I have family members that are kind of thuggy, kind of pimped out, like the cars, like that lifestyle. I'm not in their business to know whether or not they're like all the way in it or all the way not, but that's just what I dig about that. The content of the lyrics are very Mother's Day, very non-misogynistic and very poetic at the same time where it's not, you can take it seriously. You can bob your head to it and it makes sense. The fact that the ladies will love it because it has like a dance worthy beat and then it has a very respectful tone on it. You know, I would sing the hook and that's another thing that's like, oh, you're, you're paying even more homage to the fact that you have respect for women by having a chick sing on the hook. That is the same. I got much love for you for sure, you know, you know, I wish I could do more. I think that's really cool. You could tell that 8-Ball kind of put himself out there it is a real heartfelt song because there's one lyric where he was like, you know, I respected you by keeping you out of my business. I can understand that from a youth perspective and I can understand that from a man who probably wasn't doing uh, legal things perspective and saying, I'm not going to tell my mom because she would worry because she would think that I'm out there doing stuff that doesn't represent respectfully my family you know so there's a lot of value in in what he's saying and I you know I just really dig, dig those lyrics <laughs> anyway yeah it says it This is Harlem World ODB. A, I loved the entire album. The fact that the CD itself was yellow, <laughs> just it caught my eye. But even before then, I remember going through, like a lot of people were listening to Brooklyn Zoo. You know, so many people were like into Brooklyn Zoo and, and other things that are on there, but I'm always looking for choice B-side cuts. And the fact that it's a bonus track on the album where you kind of like have to find it is a glory in that, right? So. What I liked about this song was, you know, he took some lyrics from like, like 
I want to say slave. Is it slave or Hollywood swinging? Like an old school 70s song. And he's like, I remember doing it. Don't, don't, don't. And he did it in such like a New York thug, I live in Marcy project sort of way that I was like, this dude is on something. You can tell that by like the pictures and you can tell that by like the way he rhymes, but that would be my anthem for a while. When I lived in Wicker Park, I think. It was like, what, 94, 95? Yeah, it was around the time that I was going to Columbia and I was still in my rebel phases and like really listening to all sorts of music and I still do to this day so like that would be one of my songs on my playlist and then like Claire de Lune like you know what I mean WC would also be on my playlist to calm me down you know what I mean so the gamut would go like that Quiet immune deficiency syndrome when the MCs came to live out their name. Rose rock the rhymes that was all the time. When I elevated and mastered the time, you were stimulated from the high post. You got shot because you knew you were rock, rock, rock. You're not the king of the dish, you're the queen of a bitch You're like a homosexual, your asshole With niggas wake up in the morning, your ugly ass guys Got slob around your mouth, your mouth green cold in your eye You can't smile, your teeth too gritty Can't even move, drawers too shitty Shape like a missile, the hoes in your drawers When you fuck them shits You duck a sucker, motherfucker, cold-hearted faggot Playing that song was personal for me. I would just play it cleaning up the house or washing dishes or to get my day together. But I can also remember like playing it in a party with a whole bunch of smoke, playing cards with somebody, you know. And then what, what also is really tripped out is that I put that song on to one of my friends who's kind of like James Baldwin. He's like the black gay renaissance man of his time and especially for the part that where he kind of goes all out and talks about faggots and that kind of thing and my friend is like that's a banger it's a banger outside of this gay bashing it's still a banger and my friend is a dj now and he, he plays that song <laughs> in his set so him and i share like memories just based on the fact that it's a banger he is who he is he did not lie about that he was very true to himself and i didn't judge that because <laughs> everybody knows somebody that's like him like he's just crazy for no reason <laughs> and that's all right <laughs> was in Rosen Christian's band. So I started playing clarinet really young and my mom got me involved in like piano and stuff like that. But I didn't start taking myself seriously until after all of that, actually until I was around married. So I started off in this trio poetry group, my sister, myself, and 
and another girl and my sister and I was like let's just do our own thing and we did our own thing and you know we we're like well, what are we gonna call ourselves and so my middle name is Allegra and her middle name is Dolores so we did that so we made a song about the girl that we kicked out the group and formed our own group and posted that on the whole MySpace situation right so a guy calls from LA some guy independent filmmaker called and said hey like he sent us a message like hey I really like this song it's really cool do you mind if I put it in you know as a part of my movie soundtrack and we were like sure yeah okay are you real whatever and it ended up going to Sundance and being a movie it's like a four vignette film and he got his start from there people have been like responding to us ever since and then in the interim we're in a funk rock band room 11 so i take all of the influences that i've had from everywhere and put it in the music that we do with both the band and allegra dolores even if i didn't do music i think artists do it because they have to if you're an artist no matter what your medium is no matter if you listen to music or not you have to make things you have to do something i just choose music as one of my outlets. Monday rush, I'm supposed to skip, but I just found Sunday in your hips. Magic in the fingertips and lips. Electric touch, solar kiss. Thoughts wrangled up, legs tangled up. Baby, do this feel good, angled up. Can't be expressed by a single fuck. Wanna gently caress it and bang it up. And your smile just seems so comfortable Sure wish this clock wasn't functional Supposed to be punctual and not keep the balls waiting But the sheets sweating and the ceiling's pulsing Music from the birds and cars would be Stop, pause, repeat The stars release, you know Most of my time belongs to the balls Baby, hold on tight, this is ours at least the name of the song is I Just Wanna Lay Around All Day in Bed With You by The Coop. I'm really heavily into like funk and just I love the sound of funk. It's probably because of house. It's probably because I've been baptized in the funk as a member of Room 11. So, but I love The Coop. I love the fact that his DJ is female and that song represents grown folk rap music to me. It's like hip hop has grown up with that song because the content says we're here you know we got responsibilities jobs kids and even though it's kind of like jill scott's the song where she's talking about you know she just wants to stay home and play video games but i gotta get up it's a rap version of that more like you know it would just be really cool if i if me and you could as lovers stay in the bed and just hang out but we can't do that we gotta we gotta maintain till our lower back goes the world outside feels claustrophobic under cover of you is where my thoughts exploded now back to our ancient lost aerobics and the study of how bodies may be tossed and folded Place down by 502. 
Cause when we give them all the odd ticks on the clock They stack chips on the night We get pissed on a lot We need a twist on the plot But before we head to work Scoot a little to the left Let me kiss on the spot <laughs> He's definitely talking to his lady, kind of like reasoning with her, like, yeah, we should just stay in the bed today, call off work. And then kind of going into like this whole like, well, maybe we should, we should. And then at the same time, he's got this, you know, like, oh, but got to work for the man. And I hate working for the man. And, you know, which also goes back to a convincing like, come on, baby, stay in the bed. It's a nice little back and forth that he's only having with himself with us and not with his girl. His girl's like, get out of here. We gotta get up. So he's trying to convince his girl to get some before he goes. But at the same time, there's more to it than that. You know, this is hip hop grown up. This is responsible adults, responsible Americans. Listening to music that, you know, has adult content, but also has a social commentary on the world today. So, I mean, that's really why I listen to it more than the romantic undertones of it. To me, the the lyrics and the and the music. I think I chose all three of these songs because the lyrics and the music match perfectly together. In that sense, where it's, it has a, a musical quality as well as like a lyrical content. You don't really like. You don't really bang out, and you don't really like jack to it until the end. Which is to me, I imagine like myself, like all right, this is the time where you get get your ass out the bed and go do your thing, cause the music plays to you and tells you to do that. So this is MF Doom's Potholders off of his new food album. So post post marriage, pre today, I met a really dope MC, local Chicago dope MC. And we started hanging out really, really tough. And he put me on a dome. It kind of goes back into the ODB character vein. I mean, they're, they're from the same camp. They're from the same era. And he's just another example of how somebody can be successful just being themselves. What? These old things about to throw them away with the gold rings that make them don't fit like OJ. Usually I take them off with oil or ole. MCs is crabs in the barrel past the old bay. Hot as hell and it's a cold day in it. Working on a way that we can roll away tinted. Some say the price of holding heat is often too high. You either be in a coffin or you be the new guy. The 
one that's too fly to eat shoe pie Never too busy when it comes down to you and I A lot of niggas wish to die They need to hold their horses, it's bigger fish to fry You're on the list, if not, pick a number spot Ten and a half Tims is made to kick your bumper clock Could've had a V8, F-150 car cab, but I'll be straight. Money comes and goes like that too, bit hussy that night to try to rush me. Dwight past the Dutchie, so I could calm down so they don't get it twisted. Take it from the fireside and won't get blistered. Got it? What happened? Oh, it's not lit. These metal fingers be holding. Hot shit. These metal four, fingers be holding. Hot shit. You know his wordplay is crazy because he thinks deeply about how he puts his words together like puzzles. He can make a dope song out of anything, any topic, any subject. And the fact that you know he doesn't want people to see his face—it's beyond gimmick. You know, somebody can have a gimmick like. Musicians and, and rappers without staying power can have gimmicks, but he's got mad staying power, so he's created a character, a caricature of himself, especially his like album covers, they're like cartoony, and you can put a visual to what he's doing, the beats and the rhymes, they just match. <laughs> It's very creative. I dig it. It's a chore, a I think his musicality is what speaks to his genius. When and again, he's got his faults. But when he actually comes on stage and when he performs, he has the metal face, it's down pat, and he's all over the place, sweaty. I mean, this is when he shows up and when he's not being a dick, because he has the reputation of being a dick and being an imposter or having other people just wear the metal face. I get that. But I'll tell you this, again, the people that I know that know of him or have dealt with him on a personal, they think he's like dope. As music began to become a part of my life, like I've always been in the nonprofit um, youth development, youth advocacy world. And now I'm with the Parks. The program that I'm trying to grow it, it's a it's a creative activism piece that I, I totally believe in. I totally live my life that way. So I want some of these young people to get some. One of the grassroots organizations I worked with, we did a series called The Militant Mike, where we took some musicians and poets and activists to like New York, Jersey, Cincinnati, Baltimore, and Philly. And we just did some canned goods, school supply admissions, and put on a show, get the word out. That was a great series. It was really a lot of fun, but I was a part of the organizing of all of that. So I learned a lot in grassroots organization from that experience, and I've just been doing that work ever since. Trying to make a million rhymes, sling them like the nick of dimes, bang them in the nick of time. I'm trying to spank the case, bailing out from Aven Wakes, selling out my anchor space. Fuck, we're in the ankle brace. I dig a chick who get a victim, nigga counterfeit, and don't amount to shit, that's why he never counting it. 
and militant is the stamp that you sample out. All you niggas all stepped on, you're fucking trampled out. I'm like a horse with it, Dark Vader force with it. I hope the double XL and fucking source get it. My parents are both civic workers. My father was part of the Chicago chapter. Panthers, not like a name that goes with, you know what I mean? He's he helped out every once in a while, you know? And my my mom, she still has buttons for Harold Washington and she's always been a, a freedom fighter. So I grew up kind of understanding what it means to a be oppressed and then also what it means to like stand up for what you believe in just recently had to talk about this like well why do you do what you do service oriented always have to help people i went to columbia and studied arts management i liked creative and i like helping people so it's just kind of came together for me young top on the beat on light on light jimmy baby jimmy baby for people like me that are like mentors and youth allies we can say hey there's a plethora of stuff here that you can pick and choose from and then we'll collaborate with you or work with you especially if you dig what i do and i dig what you do we can work together or you know you can just use the space that we provide for you to to flourish and make your own thing what to me a chief keef just from my perspective it just it feels like he totally cuts certain people off and he's the voice of the people that are disenfranchised from the adults that may have turned him off but maybe he hasn't met somebody like me that's kind of cool the adults of of like the grown-ups of hip-hop also are kind of doing what the generations before us did to us and cutting it off like oh y'all don't know and that that's not cool either I, I don't i don't think that we should do that because it's been done to us we should cut that cycle and allow these young people to like and celebrate them and allow them to explore hip-hop there's so much more than We're not responsible for telling young people how to interpret the music or how to make the music in their way. And that's a lot of the times how I think it, things kind of bump heads and clash is that we're kind of telling them that they should do it the way that we did it. And they shouldn't. They should take it and spin it and run with it their own way. That's the essence of hip hop. That's like a tradition of hip hop. Do you. Again, as a youth ally, I have to support whatever it is that young people want to do. This is what you want to do. Cool, do it. If he were to come to me and be like, what you think about music? I'd be like, man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Joe, because I just don't understand why you don't like things. I need for you to speak further on what you're going to do about what you don't like as opposed to just complain. But that's just me. <laughs> Fuck who don't like, and we ain't go
a lot of youth that I work with, they don't want to be told what to do, but they, they totally ask you for direction. And they're just like, when you say, when you say, okay, well, what do you want? And they're like, I don't know, stuff. And you have to like really pull it out of them. I like it when young people dialogue with me about changing the world and we collaborate as opposed to me telling them what to do. I got jerk, but now I'm getting it. Hazy like asthma, bizarre disaster. Stress almost held me down from being the master, the faster. Preacher, poet, a teacher. It's been so long. Like Monifa, believe that I'm needed. In rapping, I breathe this. Some pick up a microphone and can't even achieve this. Oscar award winning, your shit, I'm bored with it. Hip hop matters because it's the voice of the America that has always been overlooked, and now it's inclusive. <laughs>